What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. Bart, how you doing tonight on Cinco de Mayo? I'm doing great. Had some had some tacos tonight, and I gotta say, they were pretty tasty, but um, I pretty much have tacos uh, once a week, so it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> the fact that it's Cinco de Mayo just means that we maybe moved it from Taco Tuesday to Taco Thursday this week, um, but... We just did your standard fare kind of ground meat tacos, but we do tacos all like like I said all the time. My favorite are when we do shrimp tacos and we do a little panko breading and fry them in the cast iron. That is by far my favorite. Ah, oh, you lost me on that. I'm not a seafood <laughs> guy, so I'm gonna have to pass on the shrimp tacos. My <laughs> wife likes fish tacos a lot. Um, yeah, me too. That's not for me either. Uh, I just I, I'm I'm a you know I like a good old you know Mexican. Taco with uh, just onions and cilantro and steak on it. That's all I mm. really need, and I'll be quite happy with that. Did you, you know, since the Cinco de Mayo, did did you bring a Corona or a margarita into the mix, or did I that not make the cut? It didn't make the cut tonight, but I definitely, I always spice it up. I don't know what your take is on hot sauce, but I'm a big hot sauce guy. Um, oh, yeah. One of my favorites, I don't know if you've ever had Yellow Bird hot sauce. I think they're out of Texas, but... Never they make really it. good, really good hot sauce. My favorite is their habanero. So, not a sponsor, but hey, if you want to be Yellowbird, <laughs> man, I love your hot sauce. Nice, <laughs> bring nice. it on. I, yeah, I feel like with hot sauces, that's something I I need to up my game on. Like, I love hot sauce, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm a connoisseur of hot sauces, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I just go with like Cholula or Tabasco or you know the, the, the staples. Um, I but like anytime I try some wacky hot sauce, I tend to enjoy it. It's just not. My my pantry is not uh, filled with various <laughs> glass bottles filled with fiery red liquids. So mine I, is because like my I get them as gifts often. Like people know I like hot sauce. So birthday, you know, Christmas, whatever stuff like that, I get them. And I've I've actually ordered some weird ones or th- things I didn't know about from watching that show Hot Ones. I don't know if you ever seen that where they you know, the guy he like interviews celebrities and they eat wings and they put hot sauces on it in different kinds and they <laughs> kind of go up from like mild all the way up to like just you know, make you cry and all this, but yeah. So I've tried some of those too. Not the like super hot ones, but I've somewhere in the middle. I've, that's kind of where some of the yellow birds fit in the okay. beginning of the middle. I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to give those a shot. I, you did mention my dinner was, was wings. I, I had wings on mm. Sika and DeMaio, so, uh, <laughs> but they were actually barbecue wings, not, not even Buffalo. Cause, uh, I was feeding my family, and they, my my wife and daughter have zero spice tolerance. So same. <laughs> uh, so I have to take one for the team and eat delicious uh, sweet baby Ray's honey barbecue sauce on my wings instead. <laughs> no, chil- no Cholula. You could have put a little Cholula on one or two. That's true. That's true. I mean, I will make I will make some mean buffalo wings uh, sometimes. I'll just say, you know what? This will be my dinner. You guys do your own thing and uh, spice it up. Yeah, but well, I wouldn't say you're making me hungry, but I am. Uh, I'm so full of tacos; <laughs> it's not even making me hungry. Well, there you go. Uh, well, speaking of spicing things up, let's uh, spice it up with some movers and shakers here on on Thursday night Cinco de Mayo. Uh, last week we did sort of a deep dive on some of the hitters uh, who have moved up or down our rankings uh, over the first month of the season. Uh, and tonight we will jump into some starting pitchers who have moved up and down our rankings. Uh, as you know, each week we update our rest of season rankings at rosrankings.com. We've got a brand new set of, of just about 450 players 
uh, ranked for rest of season value. So you can go to rosrankings.com to check that out. Uh, but here on the show tonight, we are going to dive into some starting pitchers. And I think we need to start out with a guy that I was very high on coming into the season. <laughs> and uh, he even I had to move him up based on how good he's been. Carlos Rodon of the San Francisco Giants. I mean, this guy, <laughs> we said it at the beginning of the year, right, that it was all about health for him. I mean, he was so dominant uh, last season, uh, but just ran out of gas, basically, because he was mm -hmm. throwing, you know, his fastball velocity was up so much from previous in his career, and it just wasn't something he was able to maintain for the whole season. But he's come right back out again uh, in April, and he's doing the same thing again. He's got a 155 ERA, a .83 whip, uh, 41 Ks in just 29 innings. He's picked up three wins as well, if you like those kind of things. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I can really say about Carlos Rodon. I guess the one question is, will he keep it up all year? But I feel like for right now... Um, we have to have some confidence in that. And, uh, you know, all pitchers have risk. So give me the guy that's completely dominating. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, before the season started, he was probably like inside everyone's top 100, but, or at least ours, I think. I mean, I have to go back and look, but I mean, he's moved all the way up inside. I think he's your number 18 overall player, my 25. So he's, he's way up there. And, you know, for people who are listening, if you have him, great. If you don't, I mean, we're not really telling you anything anything new, but if you don't have them, like, you'd have to buy high on them. So, I mean, do you want to do that? I definitely wouldn't sell high on them because injury aside, like, I mean, this is this is the guy I think he is. I was looking at Yahoo, like, some trades, that, some one-for-one -one trades that have happened here on May 5th. Um, got Rodon for Aaron Judge straight up. So he's hot as well. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's on fire. So, like, that's a pretty fair trade. I told you how, like, the... Um, Bryce Harper for um, Corbin Burns in my league. I accepted that, by the way. I went ahead and got Corbin Burns for Bryce Harper. So, oh, like, interesting. Depend yeah, depending on how, how your lineup is, you know, I had Acuna coming back in that league, and I'm like, okay, he came back earlier than expected, and I just wanted that elite start starting pitcher. So, if, like, if you feel like your lineup's good and you want to trade away an Aaron Judge for a Carlos Rodon, I think, I, I mean, I think that seems fine. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, when you're trading, like, a dominant hitter for a dominant pitcher, then... It's it's really comes down to need, you know. Yep. Um, I do think in a standard five by five uh, league that uh, those those ace pitchers can make an even bigger difference um, for you, but uh, there is more risk with them as well. So it's kind of it's just kind of it's a it's it's what you're going for, you know. I mean, Aaron Judge is extremely hot right now, and he could have the best season of his career, but we kind of know what he is. I mean, like. He has injury risk too, but um, but you know the kind of player he is. We 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 just it's pretty well established. So like I'm not dramatically changing my view of him based on on a hot month. Um, with Burns, it's like he was you know one of the top two pitchers last year. So just to be doing it again, I mean you you, you really know what you're getting with him too. It's just the the question of injury as it is with all pitchers. But I don't really see any reason to be worried about Burns. So uh, so yeah, I mean if you. If you had a stronger offense and needed pitching, then that's a, definitely a move I would make. Yeah. So a couple other pitchers that. that oh wait, okay. can I say one other thing? I did in our bold prediction show before the season. I said that <laughs> Carlos Rodon, Justin Verlander, and Clayton Kershaw would all finish as top ten fantasy starters, and so far that is true. 
Yeah, and did, I, did you have all? The, do you have all them on your uh, on your fantasy team, or maybe not Kershaw? I wish I only have Verlander of the three. I got I got um, stole the other two were kind of stolen from me. I wanted to I, take them. I I, I, re, I remember you talking about some older some older pitchers, and I was thinking, man, this is. A little risky having all these guys. I think you had Burt Blylevin on the squad, right? <laughs> yeah, my old staff uh, has been completely dominating. I, yeah, I would just I like know. to point out. So uh, all of my old men are getting the job done. Uh, it's not. It's not just those. It's not just Justin Verlander. It's also Max Scherzer, and it's also Carlos Carrasco, and it's oh, that's it. Uh, Corey yeah. Kluber. Yeah, it's Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> All these guys, Zach Gallen, yeah. if he counts, I don't know. We'll get to him in a little bit. Yep, I was I was about to jump into a couple of uh, Blue Jays uh, who have moved up the list. So Kevin Gaussman, I know you like him a lot. We talked about him in the preseason. He's got an ERA of two two twenty seven. His WHIP is under one. He's got forty one strikeouts in thirty one in uh, two thirds inning. Uh, a couple of wins in there. You know the wins the wins are gonna be fickle, but you know the Blue Jays are are playing pretty well. Um, and Alec Manoa. His teammate, when I'm looking at uh, Yahoo in my league anyway, he looks to be, based on the stats in my league, which I think are pretty standard, you know, win, saves, Ks, ERA, whip. He's the number one uh, pitcher. So <laughs> Alec Manoa, 31 uh, innings pitched, 32 Ks, 1.45 ERA, and a .84 whip. But he has four wins, which is really boosting, you know, his value, um, which, you know, th- again, those will come and go. But Alec Manoa... Um, he's shot up, he's shot up into like my top 100 Gaussman probably, I'd have to look, but he's probably up there inside the top 50 or so. Um, wh- who do you, who do you like, I guess maybe long-term between the two of those long for this year, for this long-term year, for this season, for yeah, this for year, this I'll still take Gaussman. Um, one amazing thing about Gaussman is he, uh, he has yet to walk a single batter this season. <laughs> he has, uh, yeah, he currently has 41 strikeouts. And zero walks. Zero walks. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that is incredible, that. isn't it? I mean, that is wow. I, I I did not understand why people were fading Kevin Gosman coming into the season. The only reason I was hearing was just because he was going to Toronto, and that's not enough of a reason to fade a guy who has been as good as Kevin Gosman has been the last couple seasons. And you know, as I talked about at the you know in the preseason on our pitcher preview show he really showed the signs of a breakout even back in 2019 when he had uh, a 572 era even back then i was saying this guy is about to break out and it's just kept getting better and better and better and i i mean i don't care if he pitches on the moon wherever he's pitching he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> be dominant i'd start him in cores with no fear uh this guy's just for real yep and and again the blue jays are going to be expected to be right at the top of the American League. So he's going to he's going to get some run support from that lineup. Uh I, I expect the wins could come. You know, he may end up having more wins than Manoa when it's all said and done. Just depends on how what kind of run support he gets in his starts, I think. Yeah, I don't understand how this team is not in first place. They're so loaded, but uh, Yankees I mean, have been hot. Yeah, they've been playing true. against the Yankees and yeah, the Yankees are like they've won like 9 out of their last 10. Yeah. Well, it's a long season, so we'll see what happens yep. there. <laughs> yep. So next next up, uh, another guy I was very high on coming this season is Logan Gilbert, mm-hmm. and he has not disappointed either so far this season. Um, so uh, I don't I, I don't remember exactly how you were feeling about him coming into the year. I think you liked him as well. Yeah, I liked I liked Logan Gilbert. I don't know if I I'd have to go back at the bold predictions. I don't think I had him. I think I went to someone else. Um, but yeah, definitely like Logan Gilbert coming in. But man, he he's another guy who has four wins already. 
But in addition to that, he's his ERA and WHIP are both below one. So I'm I'm pulling him up right now. I'm, I guess he was only given up a couple of. Yeah, he's given up two earned runs in 28 innings. So yeah, not bad. <laughs> I still do really like him, although I will say that he's been a little bit fortunate so far. Um, he's not striking out guys the way that I was expecting. Uh, he, he's uh, got less than a strikeout per inning so far this season. Um, the walk rate's just a little bit elevated, but pretty much where you where you would expect it to be. So, um, you know, his peripherals are still very solid. It, they're they're looking like a you know, low to mid threes kind of ERA guy, not a 0.64 ERA yeah. sort of a guy. Um, he's He's been generating a lot of soft contact, though, so that's good. But um, you'd like to see the, the K rate jump up a little bit. I'd keep an eye on the walk rate, though, because it looks like just looking at his game log, so his first three starts, he had one walk in the first three, and then he's, he had three three walks uh, at Tampa and then four walks uh, against Miami in his last start. So okay, yeah. the he, walks have been ticking up. Yeah, that that continues in the ERA is definitely going to be rising. <laughs> right. But he's also pitching uh, tomorrow, so uh, we'll see how he does there. Yep. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's gone up the rankings quite a bit. For sure. Um, Pablo Lopez uh, has been going up the rankings. He was a guy I liked preseason, and I, I liked him at his position, you know, versus Sandy Alcantara. Same. Both very good pitchers. Um, but, you know, we talked and we talked about Trevor Rogers. I think – Alcantara and Rogers have both been moving down our board a little bit. Uh, Pablo Lopez is coming up, so they're probably all kind of in the same the same area or similar tier almost right now. They're well, it's almost equalizing. Not Rogers. <laughs> Rogers to me is uh, way down the uh, the list at this point. Um, but the other two, yeah. I mean, I, basically, I think that in the preseason, I didn't really understand why uh, there was so much helium around Alcantara, and people were just kind of forgetting about Lopez. Um, I think maybe it was a little bit of injury concern with Lopez. Mm -hmm. And then certainly there was promising numbers uh, for Alcantara to suggest he could have a breakout. I I just thought it was a little bit too much projecting with him. Um, Whereas Lopez is the one who actually had put up the better numbers um, in actuality. So uh, it was, it was health concerns probably mostly with Lopez, but he looks great right now. And um yeah, good command, uh, solid strikeout rate. Uh, you know, he's due for a little bit of regression, but anyone with a 161 ERA would be. So uh, I definitely believe in what Pablo Lopez is doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind if you wanted to sell high on a guy like Pablo Lopez, though, to be honest, because you mentioned the health, and I'm looking at his innings pitched, and he hasn't thrown more than 111 innings, you know, in any season. I guess I guess the 2020 season he threw 57 innings, but again, shortened season. Um, we haven't seen him go 160, 180 innings. So um, we'll see how the shoulder holds up. I know he's dealt with some issues. Um, could be, could be a good, uh, you know, could be a good sell high uh, spot for for Lopez if you can find someone. Depending on again what you need, maybe you can package him and maybe a, a hitter for a more elite hitter or something like that if you have the pitching depth. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's a lot of these pitchers. You're you're just sort of. You're not sure. You're, it's it's great right now, but yeah, will you get it for the whole season? That's just that's kind of the big question with so many pitchers nowadays. Yep. And and as a bigger point about pitching, I, I I wish I brought this up at the opening of the show because this is big picture what I'm thinking about pitching. I mean, offense is down so much in baseball now mm-hmm. because what we had was we had this period where strikeouts increased massively, uh, but so did home runs. And now home runs are also down. So it's like 
the 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 strikeouts are still up and the ball just seems like it's not carrying the same way um so it's just a it's like a pitcher's error right now you know what i mean and it's a lot for that reason it feels to me like it's a lot easier to find pitchers than hitters and that you know going back to your harper for Mm -hmm. uh, burns deal that might be one reason i would hold on to harper because that's just like it seems so hard to find hitting right now i at least for me that's definitely been the case in my leagues i feel like I can find these great pitchers on the waiver wire every week, but hitting, it's just, you know, all these guys who in the past were great hitters are really struggling. And um, there's really not that many guys who, uh, who are off to great offensive starts. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a pitcher's error. Is this like the 1960s all over again or something? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so, I, I, I like I mean I was just gonna say like as far as Harper he's off to kind of a slow start too so I was I was kind of like well Corbin Burns is looking like the Cy Young and Harper is kind of not looking like the MVP and man why not um it also came down to team need um but for you know like another guy like similar to Pablo Lopez I was gonna mention Zach Gallon. he's a guy who I did not really believe in for health concerns um I had him way low to start the season I just had a feeling we might not even see him and then all of a sudden he popped up. He got a late start to the season, um, but he's been he's been looking really good. He's got a 1.27 ERA. He's got four starts. You know, just the one win. The Diamondbacks are not going to win a ton of games, but Zach Gallen, you know, he's he's been he has 19 strikeouts in 21 innings. Um, so decent K rate, um, four walks. So he's he's looking really good. He's got he's got a really low WHIP of 0.70. And another guy who like Lopez, I would say. You could sell high on because how long will the health hold up? I, I, I'm a little skeptical of, of Zach Gallon holding up for, you know, 150 innings plus. We'll see. I have Zach Gallon and I was I was very high on him coming into the season. Uh, and so I, I, I'm a believer in Zach Gallon. And I, I mean, this is still a young guy. He's 26 years old. Same thing with Pablo Lopez. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a little early to say these guys can't be workhorses, you know. Um, they just haven't they just haven't had very long careers up to this point. So, uh, and I also just think <laughs> there aren't very many workhorses in baseball anymore. Anyway. I mean, like how many guys are going to pitch 200 innings this season? Probably zero. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that, you know, that was the reason people were fading like Kershaw too. I mean, and it's like at this point, given that how pitchers are managed, uh, I'll just, I'm going to lean more towards guys who can be dominant while they're pitching because, Injuries are hard to predict. Uh, it's different with like a rookie pitcher or something where you know that they're going to be on an innings limit. But if it's like a pitcher who's been in the league for a couple years, a few years, and they're built up and there's, you know, the team is planning for them to be the, a starter the whole year, um, then I'm not going to bet against them. Like, I'm not going to bet that they're going to get sh- shut down just because of an injury or um, that they can't handle the workload. I mean, I, I just think that, uh, I don't know. I just like if it's a plan, if it's like team, if a team has a clear plan, that's one thing. But otherwise, I just you're going to have trouble finding pitchers who you know are going to throw, you know, 170, 180 plus innings. There's just not many of those guys. Yeah. And I, I haven't heard such of a plan for Zach Gallon, to be fair. So, like, he, he has been ramped up even just in this little short, you know, his four starts. He's throwing four innings, five innings, six innings, six and a third. So he's, he's going, you know, Perfectly fine, you know, deeper into games, uh, which I like to see as well. 
And so I've moved him way up and almost to my top 100. I think you've got him in your top 100. So mm-hmm. like I said, this was a guy who, I don't know, he was probably like around 250 or something for me because I just was really worried about the health. But I've I've come around and I've moved him way up. So Yeah, and mover. I was high on him to begin with, like I said, but even higher yeah. now. And, and uh, you know, his, his peripherals absolutely back up what he's doing right now. He's uh, generating a lot of soft contact and you know, missing a lot of bats and just, just pit, pitching great. Yep. So next on the list is a guy who was not really on my radar as like a breakout, but Joe Ryan is really off to a great start and looking like he could be, you know, breaking out. I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts on Joe Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I've moved him up a lot. I, I was, he is a guy I also had <laughs> as a, uh, as a sleeper coming into the season. Um, I, you know, I really, liked the strikeout to walk ratio he had in that brief cup of coffee with the twins last season. Uh, he put up some huge strikeout numbers in the minor leagues as well. Um, even, you know, with the four Oh five ERA last year, the peripherals were be- much better as expected. ERA was under three. Um, so th- there was a lot to be excited about. I mean, Minnesota is a pretty good pitching environment as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that was on my radar, but, He's been even better than than I could have really expected. Uh, whether that will keep up, uh, we'll have to see. Um, I gotta you know dig into his um, his peripherals a little deeper, just see if like uh, you know if it's if it's going to be sustainable or not. But um, but I mean I think at the very least he's like a solid third or fourth fantasy starter at this point. Yeah, and he had he had three starts in a row there where he got he got the wins, went deep into games, had seven Ks, five Ks, nine Ks. And then he, you know, ran into the juggernaut Orioles at Camden. Now he still, they still, they still won that game, but he only had three strikeouts, which was really surprising because the Orioles strike out a lot. But we'll we'll see what he does in the next game against Oakland. I have a feeling he'll bounce back. The, the strikeout, the strikeouts are looking good. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking right now at, uh, you know, last year he, I'm looking at um, Baseball Savant and uh, his his slider uh, is his is his best strikeout pitch, his best mm-hmm. whiff pitch. And last year he threw it sixteen uh, percent of the time. This mm-hmm. year so far it's close to thirty percent of the time. So oh, man. he's throwing a lot more sliders, um, fewer fastballs. Um, other, you know, he's got a changeup and a curve that he's still throwing about the same. Those are his third and fourth most common pitches. But he's he's kind of reduced the fastball reliance and and transitioned to the slider because he was getting better results with that. And really just to right-handed hitters, he doesn't throw that pitch. Uh, to lefties with lefties he's throwing a lot of change-ups and uh, curveballs um, so it's it, it's working whatever he's doing it's working real well and it's nice to see when a guy knows which pitches to throw in what situations and it seems like um, he's been tracking that closely and adjusting his approach as a result yeah and I you know I like that uh, I like that his k rate actually isn't where it probably could be I mean right now his, his k per nine is right at nine and it was ten last year, and it, like you said, it was great in the minor minor league. So that that K rate actually could come up. Um, now his xERA is closer to three, so his you know his ERA will probably regress a little bit, of course. But um, a lot of these guys we're talking about right now might have expected ERAs around three, even though their actual ERA is around one. That's just you know some guys are getting a little lucky early on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ryan's a guy where I think the Ks could actually increase. Yeah. So another guy I want to talk about is Dylan Cease. Uh, tell me what you think about him because it sounds like you've moved him up quite a bit. I I've moved him up as well. I mean, I like the strikeouts that he showed last year. I just um, 
I, w- I wanted to like see it again, basically, before I fully bought in. But it seems like he's basically doing exactly what he did uh, last season and maybe even a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Cease looks like another guy. Again, we were, we're talking about some of these young guys who look like they're breaking out. I mean, he's thrown 29 innings and has 39 strikeouts. Yeah, his, he's keeping his whip under one. So the walks, you know, or I guess I'll have to pull up his game log to see if he has, is actually keeping the walks down because that was the big, big issue, the walks and the home runs. But... He's, he's off to a hot start, and you know he's rocking the nice mustache. Um, Dylan Cease just has that look of the uh, the young breakout there for the White Sox. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, he's he's just got – I mean, he, he's like – he's one of these pitchers that just feels like took a little while to develop their command, I guess. Um, but he's always had the stuff, you know. He's always had that – a lot of zip on his fastball, 96-plus, and uh, – really good slider um and you know the curve is the curve is getting good results as well this season so um yeah i mean i i just i think that like that rule of like show me it again (laughs) because his first two years in the league it was rough going you know um first year he had a a 579 era second year he had (laughs) over five walks per nine and uh Mm -hmm really and the strikeout rate fell off a cliff so we were like uh, maybe this guy's not gonna be as good as people thought but then last year was a big breakout and it's very nice to see him maintaining that uh in the early going here in 2022 yeah look it looks like the walks per nine are still still pretty high he's actually like i mean he's had three or fewer hits in in uh, four of his five starts that's helped keep the the whip down but the walks he actually didn't have any walks in his last outing but the other the other uh the other outings he's had two or three walks so He's, he needs to keep that walk rate down because yeah, it's it's usually I mean, it's usually closer to to five, uh, you know, walks per nine or so, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's not you, you can't really survive that way. I mean, it was yeah. three point <laughs> six nine walks per nine last year, and it's at three point one right now. So that's manageable, you know. If it goes over yep. four, that's when you start getting into trouble, and that's what he was early in his career. Yep. All right. Next on the list, let's see. We've got a few more movers. I know Eric Lauer. We we you talked about what two or three weeks ago in your waiver wire article, and he just continues to, you know, put up double digit strikeouts. And I mean, the Brewers are looking really good, and, and Eric Lauer is a big part of it. Um, what do you have to say about him? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I keep tooting my own horn here. It's getting old, but uh, trust me, if we were talking about hitters, I'd probably have lots of things I got wrong. Uh, <laughs> my my pitcher calls so far this season seem to be going pretty well. Uh, knock on wood, but yeah, Lauer is a guy I was on in the preseason as well, just because um, he, you know, his fastball velocity had ticked up. So you know, he was throwing his his four seam fastball was kind of topping out around ninety one uh, earlier in his career, and then last year it, it jumped up to ninety two point six. So far this year, it's at ninety three point nine. So mm. he just keeps throwing harder and harder, uh, which is good because um, he, you know, he does rely pretty heavily on on that fastball. But um, you know, he's also been mixing in uh, his slider and curve a little bit more often this season um, and getting fantastic results uh, with with uh, especially with that slider. Um, it's it's been pretty pretty tough to hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, what 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 can you say? I mean, this guy is completely dominating right now and it's like it's the brewers have just been masters at developing pitchers uh the last couple of years and i feel like you know lauer's only 26 years old 
it seems like he's he's the next one. And and you know he's also throwing uh, keeping the ball uh, you know over the plate. He's not walking a lot of guys, which is great uh, to see as well. So uh, you know even if his numbers do regress a little bit in terms of uh, you know uh, BABIP and things like that. Although actually looking at it now, his his BABIP allowed is um, is really not that low. So um, it's not that he's exactly been lucky. He's just been good. I mean, he's striking out a lot of guys and not walking a lot of guys, uh, and that's going to get you a long way. Well, we're talking about a lot of guys here who are kind of similar. They're in their fourth or fifth season in the league. You know, I, f- I feel like that's that's pretty much everyone we're talking about right now. And another another guy is Patrick Sandoval, who's like in his fifth fifth season in the majors. Another guy who hasn't thrown a ton of innings like I'm looking 2021 was uh, this last last year he threw 87 innings. That was his most in any any season so we're we're projecting a guy who hopefully will have a bigger workload and be that starter for the whole season but he's off to a nice start he was on a lot of sleeper uh you know lists in the preseason you know Patrick Sandoval kind of started putting everything together it seemed at the end of last season and he's carrying it right over you know 1.29 ERA 1.14 whip um he's got 22 strikeouts and 21 innings so Sandoval is looking good the Angels also are like putting up a lot of runs. You know, they're winning games. They're giving some really good run support. He only has one win, but um, I mean, if the Angels keep giving that run support, the wins will come as well. So he's he's actually doing really well, even just having the one win to his name. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, I mean, his strikeout rate hasn't really jumped. I mean, that was part of the reason I think that he was a popular sleeper um, coming into this season was that. Uh, there was thought that his strikeout rate could jump because his swinging strike rate last season was 15.2%, uh, mm-hmm. which is very high. Um, but the, the, the strikeout rate itself was, was fine, but it was, you know, a little over a batter per inning, 9.72 K per nine. And that's actually yeah, gone yeah. down slightly this year. So he still look he's looks a lot like he did last year, to be honest. Like, I mean, the swinging strike rates down a little bit. So I think my hope of him, becoming a 10 11 strikeout per nine guy uh might not be there as much anymore but i think we're seeing more and more just based on last year and this year that he can get good results either way i mean he generates a lot of soft contact um which which is very helpful uh as well so um yeah i mean i think that uh i think we've just kind of seen enough to have some confidence in him at this point well i know you like strikeouts and uh there's a couple guys who are either back or coming back from injury uh, who also have, are, I know, I know Mike Clevenger, we've moved up a little bit cause he looked good in his first start. And, and he's a guy who, you know, we have seen strike out a ton of guys and Luis Castillo is another one. Sounds like he's coming off the IL. Uh, I don't know if it's this week, um, but he's coming off soon is what I heard. So I've, I've started to creep him up my, my board. I know in the preseason you talked about Luis Castillo. I think you might've even traded him away. Yep. So you were a little bit down on him. I mean, he can be wild. Um, but he does have the the strikeout upside. Um, it's just playing in that park. You know, he does give up some. He does give give up some runs. I feel like he missed out on the you know the month of April where runs were down and everything. And he's going to come back in here when the the weather's starting to get warm and get these home games and could be a perfect storm for some bad starts. So I wouldn't start Luis Castillo right away, especially if it's like a ninety degree day in Cincinnati. I might just <laughs> might just watch that one from the sidelines first. Yeah, he might also have. Uh trouble getting wins with that team that has three wins on the entire season. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm much, I'm a bigger fan of Clevenger than Castillo for sure. 
I'm, I'm glad you said that Clevenger had a good first start because I think a lot of people probably looked at that box score and didn't think it was that great because he ended up giving up three runs in four and two thirds innings uh, against the Guardians. But what actually happened was uh, he was cruising through the first four innings mm-hmm. and then they they had him pitch the fifth, which is kind of a questionable decision anyway when he was just coming back from injury. And, right. you know, he walked a couple of batters, um, but got a couple outs. And then they brought in a reliever with, with two men on and two outs. And the reliever allowed both of the runners to score. So it ended up looking like he gave up three runs. But really, if the reliever had just been able to get one out, uh, <laughs> then he would have only given up one run. So, um that's that's what happens with pitchers. We you know we we get used to this up and down roller coaster, uh, but um, I I have him and thankfully he was still sitting in my IL spot for that mm-hmm. start, so I didn't get too upset about that. But um, I do I do really like Clevenger. I mean it's been a long time since we've seen him, but I mean he was a, a truly dominant uh, pitcher back in his Cleveland days, um, and it's exciting to see if he can get back to that. I mean he never had an ERA over. 311 um, from 2017 to 2020. So uh, he's been a proven performer with a lot of strikeout potential, uh, a good pitching environment there in San Diego. So I'm very excited to see what he can do with Castillo. uh, I'm, I, you know, it's just, he is what he is. And I feel (laughs) like there are still, even now this far into his career, there's still people that are like imagining, some better Luis Castillo emerging, right? But he's 29 years old. Like at this point, we should just accept that he is this, you know. And and what this is has value. I, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he had to move up our rankings being back. I mean, he's a guy that should be universally rostered, but um, he's not likely to be a big help in WHIP. That's the big thing for me. And as we said, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to help in wins either. So you're really rostering him for ERA and strikeouts mostly. Yep. And um, no, that's a good point. And so I, I wasn't even really thinking about the wins, but yeah, the Reds have been dreadful <laughs> to start the season. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like like with Clevenger, you mentioned, you know, he was on your, still in your IL spot. With these guys coming back, I mean, they're typically getting rehab starts and things like that. But like Clevenger, clearly, probably should have just thrown four innings. And I would expect when when Castillo comes back, he might only go like four innings. So, you know, be careful about getting those guys back in. I, I tend to like just want to see a start anyway. Um, but yeah, Clevenger's was positive. Cause like you said, he had that good start and then it kind of fell apart a little bit, but to me, that's positive. I, w- I would get him in, you know, for the next start. Um, yeah. another guy for who was, you know, in San Diego, but went, you know, in that trade this off season, I think it was the, uh, the, was it the Taylor Rogers trade was Chris Paddock. Um, I believe that was the trade that, and Chris Paddock, I remember when it happened and I think we were talking about him and I think Sean Manea like was having a good start or something. And, it was like, who would you rather have? And, you know, it was like, Chris Paddock was not even on my radar, to be honest. It's like, he's got to show me something. But we've we've both moved him way up our board because he's been looking really good with uh, with Minnesota to start out. So Chris Paddock is someone who I have to look up his roster percentage and see if he's still available in a lot of leagues. I bet he is. Um, but Chris Paddock's a guy that, you know, he's moving up the boards. He's, he, he's looking like he's a solid starter. Um, and even, like, with Minnesota – Guys like Dylan Bundy have been looking good in April, so we'll see if it's like fool's gold and if he can keep it going. But <laughs> Dylan Bundy just got rocked the other day, um, so I might be a little wary of someone like Paddock too com- coming back to earth. How dare you compare Chris Paddock to Dylan Bundy? Come on, <laughs> I just did. That's a that's an insult. <laughs> it is. 
I, I still have some hope for Chris Paddock. I, I, you know, I think we need to temper our expectations a little bit because uh, there was just so much hype around him uh, after that rookie season with the Padres. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2019, I mean, he had a 3.33 ERA, uh, 9.79 K per nine, and a .98 WHIP uh, in his first season, 140 and two thirds innings in the big leagues. That was incredibly impressive. And then the last two years were equally disappointing. Uh, ERA close to five or over five. In fact, in 2021, uh, K rate came down. You know, if there's a knock on him, it's it's been, and I wrote about this in my uh, Fantasy Pros article. He was one of my um, top waiver wire pickups in last week's article. Uh, he's always thrown a lot of strikes. I mean, he just, the ball is, he's peppering the, the, the strike zone constantly. Mm-hmm. So um, that means he's not giving up a lot of walks, which is nice. He's never had a walk rate over two per nine, um, but he has given up quite a bit of hard contact and, uh, has really struggled at times with the home run ball. I mean, he was obliterated by the home run ball in 2020 in particular. Um, but, you know, this year the walk rate's even better. I mean, he had a great one, and he has so far cut it in half. I mean, he's walking less than one batter per nine right now. So, I mean, when you're doing that, that's going to help you a whole bunch. Um, he's kind of changed his approach a little bit, which was something I wrote about in the article. Um, he uh, He's throwing more off-speed stuff than he used to, especially the curveball, okay. um, And it seems like that's really keeping hitters off balance and, and inducing a lot more soft contact. Uh, so when you look at like his stat cast page, uh, it supports, it, it supports what he's doing so far because uh, he's just generating a lot of soft contact. And, um, and yeah, I think that that's, that's sort of why he's able to get these results so far. So, uh, I'd like to see some more strikeouts. I mean, right now it's 7.2 K per nine, which is pretty bad. So he needs to get that up a little bit to maintain his success. But I think he's at least going to be like, at, at worst, a solid streaming option. And I think he, he could be a pitcher that you can keep in your rotation all season if uh, if he just can keep it going. Well, that's, that's interesting to hear that he's, you know, throwing more off-speed stuff. Because if he's living in the zone that much... Um... It's good, you know, if he's generating that soft contact, I mean, that might just be the, the kind of pitcher that he is, right? And if he's not walking and maybe the, maybe the strikeout rate will never be that high, but, um, you know, he can be he can be a starter uh, for the Twins. The Twins, you know, look like an okay team. And, um, yeah, Bailey Ober, I think, recently went on the IL. So there's a, there's a spot for Paddock. He's, you know, he seems like he's not going anywhere in that rotation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, he's moved up quite a bit. Drew Rasmussen was another. You mentioned Corey Kluber. He he's moved up a lot. Uh, Drew Rasmussen is another Ray who moved up quite a bit um, in our <clears throat> in our rankings. Um, he's a guy that I think in the I don't know in the preseason he's probably another guy kind of like Zach Gallon who I might have had kind of low. I can't remember if he was starting the year with like an injury or if he just had a slow start. I think but, you might have just been concerned about his. Uh... About the Rays letting him throw innings because <laughs> yeah. I was I was kind of high on him coming into the season. You know that You're wasn't right. universally thought that way in the fantasy community though because I think there was some stuff in his underlying numbers last year that suggested maybe it wasn't so sustainable. Um, just because uh, he he didn't really have a great pitch mix. I mean he was leaning extremely heavily last year on the fastball. He threw it sixty five percent of the time uh, last season and. Even if you have a good fastball, if that's like the only pitch that you can really 
throw, uh, you're going to run into some trouble eventually. But um, this year, he's uh, he's actually reduced his fastball percentage to 33%. And uh, he's developed a cutter that he is using basically instead of uh, the other half of the time that he was throwing that fastball before. So uh, he's changed his approach. And right now, that cutter has a 0 95 batting average against <laughs> so <laughs> nice. it's it's a great pitch for him right now and uh yeah i mean the rays you know they 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 can be frustrating in how they deploy their players but they are they are pretty good generally at developing their players and um yeah i mean i i, I think his his peripherals mostly support what he's doing and um yeah I, i'm a fan of drew rasmussen yeah what you said is right you reminded me because when the season started, like his first outing, he only threw four innings against Baltimore. I was watching that game, and I thought, man, if, if, if he can't get through more than four innings against Baltimore. But, of course, a lot of people, a lot of pitchers were kind of getting eased in. And his next start, he threw five. But then he threw three innings, you know, at the Cubs. And so I was just kind of like, that was almost like validating my, my thoughts at the beginning. But he's actually thrown five innings and six innings in his last two starts. So... You know, some guys just need to get ramped up a little bit. But, yeah, that was my concern was, like, the Rays, like, how they would kind of deploy guys. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. you saying that. Like, you know, he's not going to be a workhorse, but can he pitch five or six innings and he'd start? I think so. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Throw 150 yeah. innings, that's perfectly fine for, yeah. for for a guy like him or really anybody. Like, that's kind of what you're looking for these days. Like like you said, only the guys like Scherzer and Verlander are they really going to, like, throw out there and just say, throw 200 innings, old man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the young guys <laughs> – Anyone under 30, they're like, ah, let's take it easy. Let's not throw your arm out. Right. So. The other question with Rasmussen, I feel like, is the strikeout rate because he put up huge strikeout numbers in the minors, but it was mostly yeah. – a lot of it was as a reliever, not all of it. But, um, but yeah, I you know, I so far in the majors, his strikeout rate has, uh, has not been that great. I mean, it was great in 2020 as a reliever, um, but as a starter, uh, you know, we're looking at – 8k per nine right now so uh you'd like to see that jump up a little but maybe maybe he settles in as kind of being sort of similar to, to chris paddock in that way yeah well any any other movers you want to talk about or you want to get into some guys that that fell uh let's get into some guys that fell we, we yeah. gotta we're, we gotta be equal opportunity optimism yeah. and pessimism <laughs> around here that's right um <laughs> so the first guy on our list is brandon woodruff and you know he we're not moving him down a ton but i think he moved down like 10 or 12 spots in our rankings which for one of the top guys, you know, is considerable. Um, so it's interesting. Like I'm looking right now, the guy's three and one. Uh, you know, he's he's had five starts. It, you know, his uh, but his ERA is up at uh, above five, um, and so his his numbers aren't looking great. I guess he's got a lot of run support, which I think is was kind of what he wasn't getting uh, last season. And that, I think Woodruff, you know, just trying to remember back to the preseason. I think this was one of the guys who was having like, who didn't do great after the uh, kind of the crackdown on the sticky stuff, like maybe the spin rate decline. If he was one of those guys mm. um, who had a great start to the season, um, so I don't know. He's he, he like I said, he's been okay in the win category because he's gotten some run support, and he actually had his last outing against the lowly Reds we just talked about. He had twelve strikeouts, so. You like to see that, but before that, he was you know he had a couple outings where he only had two strikeouts and just wasn't looking like the same Brandon Woodruff. So that, along with giving up a lot of hits, you know, getting getting a lot of runs against, um, 
what's funny is he gave up two home runs in that game where he had 12 strikeouts against the Reds. He's just looking erratic, you know, just kind of all over the place and not like that solid, like, top five ace that you, you know, spend a lot of high capital on. So moved him down a little bit, but I don't know that there's a whole lot of, like, actionable advice there other than to say, like, you know, sit tight. I guess you could sell... But if you're selling, you're kind of selling low. So maybe yeah, no, I wouldn't low. do that. I would, I would buy low. low. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, I would, I would include Freddie Peralta, his teammate, as a potential buy low as well. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them have ERAs over five right now, uh, but they both also have strikeout rates over eleven per nine. <laughs> and you know, if you look at it, it's actually interesting. They both have been just really unfortunate in terms of their strand rate, their left on base percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Peralta's is at 62.1% and Woodruff's is at 60.3%. So that's about 15% lower than you would expect. Um, so that's that's going to translate to several runs scoring that that normally wouldn't score against him. And if you know if you take five earned runs off of his ledger, his ERA is going to look a lot different. You know so. Um, the peripherals, you know, the Woodruff, the expected ERA is 304. The XFIP is 328. So those are pretty much identical numbers to last season. I, I'm not really worried about him at all. I, I you know, I, I think maybe he moved down a little because we were rewarding some other hot starters, but I don't have any concern about him. And I think if you can buy low, I absolutely would. Uh, with Peralta, you know, he's a little more erratic in my opinion, like, cause his walk rate, uh, can can get to be an issue sometimes, uh, shall we say? Um, but <laughs> we but shall. I still think he's got phenomenal stuff. And like I said when we were talking about Lauer, I just I have a lot of confidence in the Brewers to um, get good results from their starting pitchers. So and their relief pitchers for that matter. So um, I I wouldn't mind buying low on either of these guys. Yeah, you mentioned the the XERA and XFIP for Peralta are pretty much the same way. So his ERA is over five, but. His XERA is around 3.5 and his XFIP 3.1. So, you know, the underlying, like like you said, you take some of those off and, I mean, he's, his uh, his ERA, you know, will probably normalize a little bit. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we talked about Pablo Lopez a little bit and the guys moving up. And I kind of mentioned in the same breath, Sandy Alcantara. Um, and he was just a guy that a lot of people were spending high capital on. I, I don't really have a ton of concern about Alcantara either. Um, you know, but it's just... It's one of those guys like in the in the preseason, uh, spring training. You know when you're having your drafts, I would have much rather taken a Lopez uh, instead of Alcantara, and it's kind of it's kind of proving that like they're kind of the same guy. You were just getting one a few rounds later. I don't know that Alcantara is going to be that much better unless he does actually throw 200 plus innings like he did last year. I mean that was the that's the biggest difference honestly between the two is that Pablo Lopez has never really done that. He's dealt with some injury concerns and we've seen Alcantara throw 200 innings a couple times in his career so he's he's been that workhorse yeah I I mean I would prefer Pablo Lopez over Alcantara at this point to be honest with you but I do lean towards the guy who can be dominant um, as opposed to the guy who might have better longevity Um, and uh, I just I mean right now Pablo Lopez his has a 9.64 K per nine and a 1.93 walk per nine Sandy Alcantara has a 7.55 K per nine and a 4.06 walk per nine. So yeah, that's a lot hit. worse. I mean, he's getting hit and he's getting, he's walking guys. He's, he's I mean, he's actually pretty lucky. I think to only have a, a 290 ERA. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, he has, 
one thing I will say though is he doesn't give up a lot of home runs, so uh, that helps his cause. But I, I'm just you know people were expecting this breakout because uh, you know they were thinking that that his strikeout rate was going to shoot up or something like that, and it hasn't. And uh, I mean it's in it's actually gone the other direction. But he's he hasn't uh, ever struck out over a batter per inning. So uh, yeah. to me that's kind of a red flag. I mean like I think he he can get decent he can still give you a decent era like uh, but i'm not sure he's going to be a huge help in whip because uh he can struggle with walks at times and he's not going to be a big help in strikeouts either so i actually i don't know i, I mean i think he's a little bit overrated and uh the 290 era probably keeps him over that you know that way because uh, people like seeing ERAs that begin with two. Uh, if it was, you know, ten points higher, uh, maybe there'd be a little less helium. But I think I think people feel like he's pitching great because of that two ninety ERA. But if you look a little closer, he's not really pitching that great. Whereas Pablo Lopez is legitimately pitching great. Well, we might as well talk about the other Marlin, Trevor Rogers, while we're at it because we've moved him down. You moved him down a ton. I guess I just hadn't really caught up, and maybe like I moved him down a little bit. Um, I mean, his K rate, talk about a guy who can get strikeouts. You know, this guy was getting, you know, over 10, you know, Ks per nine. Even we've seen him before, like, I think when he was, let's see, 2020, he had a few starts and he was 12.5 Ks per nine. So, like, we've seen the strikeout rate, you know, over 10 in the minors. And right now it's just over seven uh, Ks per nine in his five starts. And his ERA is over six. Uh, now, his expected ERA is four. So, that you know, you like to see that. Um, but... You know, Trevor Rogers is someone a lot of people liked him in the preseason. Um, I keep saying preseason instead of spring training because, like, I've got football on the brain, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been doing. I think I said been, it too. <laughs> I just it, to me, it's just like preseason. But anyway, yeah. yeah, Trevor Rogers is someone who does have that strikeout potential more so than probably either of these guys. Um, but yeah, he's struggling right now, and I've moved him down. You moved him way down. Yeah, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to how how much have we seen from these guys you know and it's like mm-hmm. he we haven't really seen that much from trevor rogers i mean he was great last season but that was the first time that he had gotten um those kind of results uh in the major leagues and um you know in 2020 and 28 innings he had a 611 era even though he was getting right. a ton of strikeouts back then but he had a, a real problem with walks so the fact that he's struggling with the walks again right now uh is is troubling to me um you know he's been a little unlucky i mean his we were talking about the strand rate with those brewers pitchers and his is even more ridiculous 53 percent left on base Mm. percentage so he's definitely been unlucky like that's why his his x era and x fip are more in the low fours um but the fact that the strikeout rate is down so so far is uh is concerning i mean his swinging strike rate is under 10 percent right now which is really low so uh, he's just not missing bats, and uh, he sort of just looks broken at this point. Like, you know, it's like it's one of those things where if you are rostering him, I kind of feel like you you almost need to just like bench him for a while. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean he's if- had two complete blowups this season that like are the kind of performances that sting you for a month. You know, so yeah, it'd be different if the strikeouts were there, but they're not. Yeah, like, and you know, at least you would be getting something, but right now you're not. You're really getting nothing. Yeah, Rogers. and it's not predictable because it's like he was great against the Braves and he got bombed by the Diamondbacks. I mean, it's just you don't <laughs> you don't really know when the good starts are going to come. So, 
yeah, I think he has to move down. When when it's a pitcher that you honestly can't trust right now to put in your starting lineup, I think that to me that that signifies they have to move down the rankings. So you also move my man Logan Webb down. He's another guy whose strikeouts are way down. So speaking of you know K rate way down. Um, I mean, he had one game against the Mets where he only lasted three three point two innings and had one strikeout. But other than that one, I mean, like he's he's won three of his last four starts. He goes deep into games. That's why I liked him. I told you in the pre in the preseason. I told you during spring spring training when we were talking. He's a guy that I bet on over outs because he just goes deep into games. Logan Webb, he is a workhorse, um, and I, I I see him continuing that. The strikeout rate's low, but. I'm not I'm not lowering Logan Webb too much. I I do see that he's given up three earned runs in each of his last three starts. So, um, but I just I believe in I believe in him. I, I think maybe the strikeout rate you know will come back up. He has he has had a couple starts where he's had six and seven Ks. So, of course the seven Ks was in eight innings. But I just I don't know. I like Logan Webb. I like them coming in, and I'm not ready to lower him. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> I will, I'm not. I'm not gonna try to. Um, I, you know, I you you say I moved him way down. I mean, I you know, I still have him inside my top 100 players. So it's not, it's not like I'm hating on the guy. I still, I still think he's very solid. I just, um, he's never been a huge strikeout guy, and last year was his first good season. And you say he's a workhorse. I mean, last year was he threw 148 in the third innings. That was the first time he's ever thrown over a hundred innings in the majors. So it remains to be seen how much of a workhorse he is. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just like it is him. for most yeah. pitchers. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think he'll be solid. I, I think he'll be a solid pitcher. I just, uh, I'm not seeing like a dominating pitcher right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you're right. I am kind of like projecting him as this workhorse and that's just been like the second half of last year and this year, like he just seems to throw six, seven, innings every uh you know every start so and you know like I, like i mentioned he, his era has come up a bit but his era is still under three uh his x or or it's right around three his x era is under three rather yeah well, i still like logan webb i mean I, i'm not i wasn't saying you don't you dislike him but you moved him down a bit you also moved robbie ray down a bit so maybe you want to talk about you i know you you were you were hating on robbie ray in the pre in the preseason let's be honest <laughs> yes i was <laughs> <laughs> and that looks smart right now, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. Yeah, it does. So you can toot your own horn about uh, Robbie Ray because he's he's struggling a little bit in Seattle. I haven't moved him down a ton, but uh, maybe I need to reconsider moving him down a little bit more. Yeah, he's having a very weird season because it's like the one thing you always feel like you can count on from Robbie Ray is the strikeouts, and he's not yep. even giving you that right now. Um, so the walk rate is a little bit high. I mean, it's not as high as it has been at certain times, but it's, <laughs> it's a little bit high and the strikeout rate is way, way down right now. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't trust, I don't trust Robbie Ray, you know, <laughs> like I, I didn't trust him. It, you know, coming into the year and he's not giving me reason to start trusting him now. Uh, I feel like a player like him, who's had such an erratic career, like little things can just throw, th throw him off, you know? So like, yeah, changing teams like it could be the thing that gets him pitching great, or it could be the thing that gets him really struggling. You know, and um, he's you know he's giving up a ton of hard contact. That's been a problem for him throughout his career. Like he's been a guy that gets smashed. Like people crush the ball off him, and that's happening again. In fact, his ninety two point five mile per hour 
exit velocity allowed is uh, the highest of his career um, as it stands right now. So uh, he is he has given up a lot of hard contact. Um, his fastball velocity is down. It's averaging 92.5 right now. Uh, last year was at 94.8. So that's a pretty sizable drop. Uh, I just I'm worried about Rowdy Ray. I was worried about him before the season even started, but more worried about him now. Yeah, I might get there with you because, you know, while I'll just go back to Logan Webb real quick and why I I like guys like Logan Webb, you know, he has a 60% ground ball rate. I like ground ball, you know, guys who get a lot of ground balls and Robbie Ray is not that guy. Nope. It looks like Robbie Ray has never had a ground ball rate, you know, above 50%, not even close. And it's usually more around 30%. Uh, Right now it's at 37. So yeah, you know, the strikeouts aren't there um, unless those start coming up. Um, that's, it is, it is worrisome because his ERA and XERA are, are right there at four. So it's, it's not like there's some underlying numbers that he's like getting unlucky. Like we've said with some of the other guys. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad combo, what you just mentioned, because like, yeah, uh, he gives <laughs> like what I said before, he gives up a lot of hard contact. So if he's giving up a lot fly of hard balls. contact and fly <laughs> balls, guess what that means? He's giving up a lot yeah. of home runs and he's yeah. always given up a lot of home runs in his career. And then you know, the one benefit of fly balls is that they tend to uh, lead to a lot of outs when they're not home runs. So that helps with your whip. But that only works if you don't have a really high walk rate, which he also has had. So it's <laughs> kind of like he doesn't even yeah. get the good whip uh, being a fly ball pitcher. It's it's It makes him more prone to home runs, and he's still putting on a lot of base runners. So that, that means a bad ERA and a bad whip. And with the strikeout rate and fastball velocity down, it's like full-on uh, – red flags for me well another full-on red flags uh i hate to say charlie morton we could be seeing the demise of the 38 year old (laughs) charlie morton i keep waiting for him to come around and you know was just talking about ground ball rate like he's never been like you know some elite ground ball guy but like his is the lowest percentage i think looking at yeah it's the lowest of his career like he's getting 38.5 percent ground ball rate so he's i mean he's just he's just performing poorly all around his era is 6.85 you know he's just just looking at the numbers there's nothing good i can say about charlie morton right now and i think you just got to bench him um i was just gonna pull up his game log to see if he's if he had if we had like a maybe the the last start was any good but i haven't i haven't seen anything uh so we played he played against the mets went 5.2 yep gave up four in runs three strikeouts three walks six hits yeah, it's just not looking good for Charlie Morton right now. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I've been lowering him a lot. Yeah, I, I, I kind of have to, right? Um, yeah. I was thinking about it, though. I was trying to think, like, if you did buy low on, on Charlie Morton right now, you could probably get him for dirt cheap. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Because people the fact that he him. is 38 years old, I think, like, makes people think he's just done. and. I, I'm yeah. not sure I'm willing to say he's done just because he's been bad for 23 and two thirds innings. You know, I mean, like looking at his fastball velocity, it's it's not falling off really. I mean, he's he's averaging 94.8 on the fastball this year. Last year was 95.5, so that's a very small difference. That could even be like you know, it's cold in April and that pitchers don't tend to throw quite as hard at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, it's actually higher than it was in uh, 2020 or uh in 2019 so uh yeah i i don't think he's necessarily washed up i think he's not pitching well right now um 
and he's walking way too many guys. That's the that's the biggest thing. But he is also uh, not striking out nearly as many guys either. Um, so you know, swinging strike rate is only seven point three percent. That's really really low. So uh, something's not right with him right now. You definitely need to bench him. Um, I probably would not want to drop him though. I, I would at least try to give it another month and see if he can get going because, I mean, for the last five years he's been an outstanding fantasy pitcher. Yeah. I would just say if you can, if you want to buy low, um, you know, maybe just offer, like, look at your team, look at, look at, look at the team that has them and, uh, you know, check out team needs. Maybe, maybe someone is looking for saves and maybe you're, you've got a, you've got a guy who's like, I don't know, in a committee, clo- you know, closer committee and you you're doing all right in saves and maybe offer like someone who's, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a good, like a Gregory Soto or I don't know, like, if you want to give like kind of a middle of the road or sort of the bottom tier closer, maybe you could offer someone like that up for Charlie Morton or just like a, I mean, I know we talked, you had a trade that was like, was it Nelson Cruz and Justin Turner were involved? Nelson Cruz has been struggling. Um, I mean, that's another, like, if you want to go old guy for old guy, <laughs> you could do Nelson Cruz for Charlie Morton. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> mind trading like, like a pitcher who's off to a good start, but, um, you know, doesn't really strike out a lot of guys. Um, like yeah. we were talking about Chris Paddock and Drew Rasmussen, like yeah. guys like that. Um, I wouldn't burn maybe for the A's. For, yeah. You know, someone who's, yeah. Or like Tyler Anderson, you know, um, yep. Somebody like that trade them, you know, Michael Waka. <laughs> There's all these guys that yeah. are kind of off to good starts that you might be able to trade for, you know, someone who's just so frustrated by Morton, who's been burned by him might just, want someone they could just put right into their lineup and feel like they they're pitching well right now you know no that's a good call yeah yeah and uh his teammate ian anderson um he's a he's a guy i like you know and i liked you know when the before the season started because former number three overall draft pick in 2016 he looked good at times last year and i just kind of was looking at him as a guy who might just improve you know and he he's a guy in the minors and even a little bit in the majors had like a really good strikeout rate you know 11 12 strikeout rate last year it was it was just under you know a strikeout per nine this year it's at 6.5 to start the year so he's not striking guys out his era is over four um i'm not like panicking again not dropping him but uh yeah the strikeouts are down and that's worrisome because he's a guy where i was hoping that the strikeouts would come up and so far they have not (laughs) yeah he's a he's a weird pitcher i'm like I'm starting to wonder if he's just not as good as people thought that he was going to be. Um, Could be. <laughs> you know, like you said, he he had some dominant seasons in the minors. I mean, he dominated high A in 2018. He dominated double A in 2019. Uh, and then, you know, came up to the Braves in 2020 and was great over 32 and a third innings. Um, it was only six starts, but 11.41 K per nine and a 195 ERA. That's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, it's just been all it's been going downhill. And um, you know, he's not one of these guys that's going to get completely torched. Like I feel like he can kind of still manage to put up okay numbers. But um, but the walks, I mean, the walks have just become, and they were a problem at times in the minors too. Um, that's that's always been the bugaboo with him. I feel like, but yeah. With the strikeouts kind of continuing to decline and the walk rate continuing to go up, it's it's gotten pretty ugly. So, you know, his XERA is actually still really good, 338. So maybe there's some hope um, that he can turn things around. But 
I just don't, I don't know. I, I've kind of lost my enthusiasm about uh, a, a potential Ian Anderson breakout. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, he, he's been okay. It's not like he's been that bad. He's only given up one or two earned runs in each of his last four starts. So he's been solid, but the K's have been down. He only had one strikeout against the Mets in his last outing yesterday. So that was, you know, not great. And then in four walks, like you said, the walks are a problem. He had, he had a really rough first outing. Um, he's actually done okay since then. But, yeah, he's not looking like the breakout. He, he's, he's looking okay. He's solid. But I think I've just kind of lowered him because I was looking more for the breakout. And so far, we're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. All right. Who else is moving down the list? We well, talked about... Yeah, I wanted ahead. to bring up Jose Barrias real yeah. quick because, you know, we were talking about the a couple Blue Jays at the top. <laughs> you know, Gosman and Manoa have looked yep. phenomenal. Uh it's been the other way around with Jose Barrios. I mean, he has not looked good. And one of the most shocking things is his ERA is 413. Do you know what his X ERA is? I'm looking at it right now. 813. (laughs) That's insane. That's really, really bad. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to exactly say. I have to figure out why that is. I mean, that's like an insanely high, uh, expected ERA, but I I don't know. Broadly speaking, I've always been I've never been a huge Jose Barrios guy. I mean, I feel like he was a guy who it, he reminds me of Luis Castillo actually because it's like they're these guys that uh, came up like they were very highly regarded prospects and they came up and they've always been solid, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they tend to not have a great whip and their strikeout rate is good, but. Um, you know the the uh they're just not they're they're not really um that they're just not as good as people think they are <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, it's right. basically where i come down on on both of those guys uh you know i do prefer brios a little bit to castillo i think he's a little more uh promising but um but yeah i don't know i mean he's he's been getting smashed this year um <laughs> not striking guys out, giving up a lot of home runs, uh, walking a lot of guys like, uh, and he's actually been pretty lucky with his left on base percentage, 84.3%. I mean, if that was lower, his ERA would be going up a lot. So that might part partly explain that, um, that discrepancy with his peripherals. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm not really like, he's another guy that I would have trouble, um, trusting in my, in my, uh, starting lineup right now. That X that XERA is wild though. It just makes me think that like his outfielders are out there just like robbing home runs like left and right in you know in his games or something. Like what's going on there? I mean, but, he's um, been giving up a lot of base runners. I think that's the main thing yeah. because um, you know his uh, his WHIP right now is uh, one fifty eight, which is really yeah. bad. So uh, you know he's actually been lucky not to give up more runs with that many guys on the base paths. And he had a career low WHIP last year of one point oh six. So. That's looking like more like an outlier. I mean, not we're still you know early in the season, but you know his whip, his career whip is one point two three, and he's had you know a couple seasons right around there or higher. So, I he, I would expect the whip to come down a little bit, but I wouldn't expect it to come down to where it was last year. And yeah, right. when you're comparing him to um, who are you comparing him to? Luis Castillo. Uh, yeah, Luis Castillo. I would agree that I like Barrios more for the reasons we talked about. He's for a, he's playing for a better team. He's just more. Like, I think reliable health wise, too. I mean, obviously, Luis Castillo is coming off an injury, but like, you know, we talk about workhorses and maybe guys have, you know, Barrios in their mind is like this solid guy because it's like, I mean, I'm looking at like the last from 2018 
2021, he basically threw 200 innings or he threw 63 innings in the shortened season. So like right. he's throwing, yeah, he's, he's basically been that workhorse going in there, going out there and throwing every fifth, uh, fifth start. So he'll, he'll give you that, right? That's true. I, you know, uh, you know, it depends on your league format in some leagues that has a lot of value yeah. uh, in other leagues. Not, not as much. I mean, if it's a, if it's a shallower league where you can pick up pitchers easily off the waiver wire all year, then it's, you're not as concerned about guys who can throw 200 innings. But, um, if it's a league where you have like limited number of roster moves or it's a deeper league where you're not going to be able to find a lot of uh, good starters on the waiver wire, then absolutely. Yeah. It's valuable that he can, that he can at least eat all those innings and it's valuable for, for the blue Jays in real life too. Yeah. Well, if we want to, we want to hit on a couple others here, we can talk about Luis Castillo's uh, teammate, Tyler Molly, who's uh, his ERA is over seven. <laughs> his XERA is, his XERA is under four though. So maybe he's maybe he's had a little bit of bad luck. He actually hasn't given up like you know a ton of home. It looks like he's only given up one home run, maybe. Um, like mm-hmm. he's not given up the long ball. Um, but yeah, he's. Um, I'm just trying to dig into his numbers. He's he's been struggling. I mean, he's one in four. He's not going to get many wins with this Reds team. But yeah, that ERA. I'm looking looking at his WHIP is 1.71. So, yeah, I mean the walk rate's almost five per nine. That's that's a killer right there. Yep. It sure is. So Tyler Mount, like, he's he's struggling. Reds are struggling, but I mean a big part of that's looking like <laughs> him and some of those other pitchers, like Hunter Green. I don't know if we were going to mention him, but like I wouldn't be. We were talking before the show started. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's sent back down. Um, he's got that explosive fastball, but you know control. He's getting hit. Like I don't know. Hunter Green is not looking great either. The last couple starts. Yeah, that's that's true. With Molly, I I don't know what to say. I mean, it's kind of like. I feel like it's one of those things where you could probably just drop him and then, you know, pick him up. If like, just be watching his starts closely, you know, and it's like if he starts showing signs of life, uh, yeah. then you then you rush him out and pick him up. But I mean, he's pitching for a terrible team, and he was actually he threw five shutout innings in his first start, and since then he's been terrible. So it's yeah. like it's been five bad starts in a row. So nobody is going to rush out to pick up Tyler Molly if you drop him right now. So if you're in a roster crunch, I don't have a big problem uh, just moving on from him. And then just watch the starts closely. If, if it looks like he's starting to turn things around, just try to beat your league to getting him back on your team. I would agree. And, I mean, Hunter Green is, like like I said, like you can you can wait for him to be sent down, but I, I would probably be fine dropping him too. And, and Matt Brash is another guy who we had on the list who, you know, I think he had a promising starter too and then, He's just been getting shelled and having a hard time. Wouldn't be surprised again for to see him sent back down. Although I'm not really sure who the Mariners would replace him in the rotation off the top of my head. So oh, maybe he'll stick around and they just... can find. <laughs> that's, that's right. I mean, Matt yeah. Brash. Yeah, I mean, he's got um, 17 walks in 20 innings. <laughs> that's that's really bad. Like you yeah. can't you cannot succeed no matter how good your stuff is in the majors. When you're when you're giving free passes away like that, and um, you know, I think he's also uh, getting hit pretty hard as well. Um, so, you know, his average exit velocity is 92 miles per hour. That's really high. So, you know, guys are hitting hitting the ball real hard off him, collecting a lot of walks. It's just uh, it's not pretty there. And uh, with Hunter Green, uh, yeah, I mean. He's at least getting the strikeouts, but he's dealing with walk problems too. Five walks per nine right now. 
Um, his peripherals actually aren't so bad. I mean, XERA 446, XFIP 436. So, but yeah, these young guys, I mean, big picture, like the pitching is dominating right now. And it, you know, starting these young pitchers will have growing pains sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, it's just not like you can't really afford to, to deal with those growing pains when the rest of the league is like dominating every time out on the mound. You know, it's just it Absolutely. will put you at such a big disadvantage compared to your league mates if you suffer through a few of these blow ups. So I, I'd be really cautious with these young pitchers, these like rookie pitchers right now. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just looking. Matt Brash hasn't made it out. He's thrown two innings and three innings in his last two, two uh, starts. So. Yeah, just I mean, it's it's time to cut some of these guys. Um, I know we're doing pitchers, and we're probably wrapping up soon. But like, there were guys like Joe Adele. We talked about like, do not drop him. Of course, he got sent down with what's going on there. I mean, we're getting to the point in the season where, you know, we're starting to see things settle down with rosters. I'm not saying go rush to drop Joe Adele, but I mean, depending on your league size, I mean, there's some of these guys like there's no reason to really hang around like add drop like pay attention to to these guys especially like we're talking about pitchers yeah there's too many good ones out there to go ahead and just like leave a guy like matt brash on your bench now yeah i mean you know when you play in keeper leagues and things like that it it changes how you view these players but when you're in when you're just in a redraft a standard redraft league like you're not gonna regret it that much if you do drop joe adele and then he comes up later in the season and is good i mean like that's you know that's unfortunate i guess but it's not like you're going to regret it for the rest of your life like it is in a keeper <laughs> league if you lose uh lose out on a, a top prospect who who finally puts it together so yeah i mean guy i hate to say it jared kelnick is is in the same boat and he could be looking at a, a demotion uh yeah. once uh kyle lewis is back from in, the injured list so some of these young guys, it's just um, in a redraft league, you don't have to be that loyal to them. Like you, if there's something on the wire, like, you know, breakouts come from unexpected players all the time. So, uh, you know, sometimes you need to ride that hot hand and just see if they end up carrying it through the whole season. Yep, I agree. Well, anyone else? We we hit we touched on a lot of guys. I think we have done enough moving and shaking for one night. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Cinco de Mayo, so it is a good night for moving and shaking. But uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going out to a, a tequila bar tonight, sadly. But uh, but I am going to uh, go check on my fantasy team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please do check out rosrankings.com uh, for our updated rest of season fantasy baseball rankings. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.